Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today I'm joined with UFC welterweight Adam Fugit, who's taking on Mike Mallett at UFC 289. How are you, Adam? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. No time to waste. Let's ask the first question. You fought a man named Kinushida, uh, yes. and before this fight, he was practically undefeated. His only loss came by DQ. Did that make you nervous at all? Uh, no, man. We, I mean, we're in the UFC. Everybody that we're going to fight is going to be tough, so it just comes with the nature of the of the work. Another fight I want to ask about is Michael Morales. Unfortunately, he came up short in this fight, but we've realized how good Michael is at the age of 22. When you were in there with him, did you think that he was championship material? Oh, for sure, man. Him and uh, Yusaka, they're both, you know, those guys are both legitimate uh, fighters. They're legitimately the faces of the company, you know. Um I'm glad to have gotten to, to share the, the octagon with them. But yeah, Michael Morales is definitely going to be a, a big name moving forward, I think. I see him getting up in the rankings when he's around like 28, 29. Uh, he's still a little bit untested when in the wrestling department. But similar to Ian Gary, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how they do when they go up against elite level wrestlers at welterweight. Right. What do you think about Mike Mallett? What does he do well? What do you like about his game? You know... <sighs> His game is, uh, him and I are just very well-rounded, and I, I respect that a lot about Mike. You know, I see this fight being um, very tough just from the circumstance that we don't really, I don't feel like we have a lot of holes in our game. <clears throat> We're not one-dimensional. We can go multiple places. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it's all going to be about, I feel like, controlling that um, space and pace, controlling the chaos, not letting him get his shots off. You know, not allowing him to do the things that he wants to do. Um, so it's, it's going to be very interesting because, again, he's got a lot of things that he likes to do. So you can't stop everything. Um, we can't, we got to be prepared as we can. But I definitely see this one being a tough, tough matchup. How did you first get started in mixed martial arts? And who can you point to that puts you in the MMA game? Oh, man. Are we talking like uh, who and uh, what fighters inspire me, or what best friend told me to shut my mouth and go stop talking about it and go do it already? <laughs> we can do both. We can do both. Uh, my best friend in high school. We both wrestled in high school, and uh, during summer times, you know, the backyard, the trampoline was our octagon, man, and, and we'd have our buddies over, and if we weren't boxing, we were we were wrestling on the trampoline, or uh, you know, just just chaos in the backyard mom would come home and there'd usually be you know somebody bleeding or having a black eye you know so um we watched a lot of fighting together and i remember um it was the forrest griffin Stephen bonner fight you know that's there the forrest griffin man he's he's one of the guys i looked up to a lot you know um i just remember thinking out loud saying god if these guys can do it i can do this too and my buddy chuckled at me and he said, it's all fun and games out in the backyard, but uh, you actually think you could, you know, you know, punch somebody, let alone take a punch from somebody? And I said, heck yeah, what are you talking about? Like, we go, you know, me and you, we go at it back there. And he said, well, you need to shut up and stop talking about it and go join an MMA gym. So, What an absolute iconic fight, Bonnevers Griffin. 100%, man, one of the best. What has been the biggest challenge of your MMA career so far? Patience, you know, um, had so many things that just really tested my my patience and my fortitude and 
you know, I just, I, I chalk it up to, you know, um, the higher power or the, the universe really just testing me on how much I wanted to achieve this goal of mine of making it to the UFC and, and, and trying to fight in front of, you know, large groups of people and, you know, on the biggest stage in the world against the toughest guys in the world. You know, I just, I really think that with everything that I had to overcome to get here, that was just, you know, it was just trial and tribulation and being tested my patience, you know. When you refer to patience, how long do you think you'll fight in your MMA career? And if you finish MMA, do you see yourself going into grappling tournaments or maybe even bare knuckle? Because I guess that's the craze now. Well, uh, let's just say that I, you know, um, I owe my life to mixed martial arts. So I feel like in order for me to have a happy life, um, I'll always be involved in mixed martial arts. If I'm not teaching or coaching, um, I'll hopefully try to find my way into maybe either refing or commentating or whatever it could, would be, you know, um, find my next passion project in fighting. Um, and, you know, I'm going to fight in as long as the UFC will have me. The, the day the UFC says, ah, we're going to move on, that, that's going to be it for me. You're not going to see me go do the barrel knuckle thing or, um, or, or try to, you know, rec I don't know, redeem myself, a reclamation project, have you will, and try to work my way back up to the, the big show. You know, once they, they say, hey, you know, we're moving forward, we're moving on, that, that'll be it for me, I think. As a fighter, what do you think your biggest strength is if you had to point it down to one particular attribute? Being able to be a melting pot, you know, of just, uh, just a mixed bag of, of tools, you know, and in that, finding the right tool to get the job done. Who is the most overrated fighter? And don't say Mike Mallow. <laughs> the most, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disrespect Mike like that at all. Um, um, the most overrated fighter. I mean, the low hanging fruit is, uh, is like Patty Pimblett, isn't it? You know? Um, but I don't even know that guy. I'm not gonna, he's injured. I feel bad for him. I'm not going to go that route and take the the low blow um completely valid uh answer to that question right. by the way. <laughs> um i just find it hard to disrespect anybody that's made it to this level um so um i'm gonna go at somebody that is another low-hanging fruit that isn't in the ufc because i feel like all of the spiders in the ufc have proven ourselves uh and, and to a certain extent that we deserve to be on the highest stage and so i'm gonna attack somebody that's not in the ufc that's not in the same organization as me and uh it's low hanging fruit for sure, but that's Jake Paul, you know, um, that in my opinion, he hasn't, you know, he's gotten all these high paying, um, fights and he hasn't had to do the groundwork that guys like myself, you know, vets of the sport have had to do. So, I mean, it's low hanging fruit, but it's easy. What's the chances that if you get in there with Jake Paul, you win that fight? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't even know what size he is, but if I, I, I don't know, man, there's, there's not anybody on the planet that I wouldn't feel confident stepping in there against, um, you know, you, you give me the ability to do an MMA fight. I'm, I'm going to finish that fool. Um, if it, you restrict me to just using boxing, it's going to be a little closer. My favorite fighter in MMA history is Charles Oliveira. And he has a pre-fight, uh, ritual of that little rock. And it's his, it's his little superstition and it brings him, um, heaps of luck and it allows him to win fights but maybe it's just a mental thing that he does do you have any pre-fight rituals or, or spiritual things that you do that the fans at home wouldn't know about and would like to know of unfortunately i don't um <laughs> I, I i don't have any of those things i try to just you know i try to keep calm cool and collected you know stay even kill all the emotions that are 
swirling around in the air. I don't try to hold on to anything, you know, I just, you're going to have your ups, your high moments where you feel really good. You're going to have your down the dirt moments where you feel really low. And I just, I, I try to just let them pass right through and just keep focused on, you know, um, that moment, you know, just, just calm, cool and collective as best I could say. So you mentioned there about the behavior fighting and how emotional it is because it is an emotional game. A lot of fighters find it difficult on the off season to keep training and stay motivated and disciplined because of how it can just not go your way after after months of training. How do you stay motivated to train on the off season and and lead into those massive fight camps? It's a good question. And he, you know, win, lose or draw, you, I, I'm a firm believer in um, like post-fight depression a little bit. You know, you train so hard and you peak, you know, for a, a, a competition and then in 15 minutes, 25 minutes max, you know, it, if it goes the distance, it's over, you know, and you've spent three months preparing, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in post-fight depression and you know, how I stay motivated? Again, I just have to chalk it up to, you know, I've given my life to mixed martial arts. Uh, this is, you know, um, this is the thing that makes me happy. And when I do hit post-fight depression, right, I know the only thing that's going to really pick me back up is getting back in there and, and working those things out of me, you know, um, breaking a sweat. It's as much a it's as much a um, physical thing for me as it is um, a mental and emotional thing. You know, you have a bad day, you go in, you hit some pads, you hit a bag or you go and do some groundwork with your teammates. And, you know, it, it just it's it's very comforting for me that I can go and I can switch my brain off and I can just focus on the task at hand, the work on hand. And, um, you know, and the sport's always evolving, like from where it was when I first got into it to where it is now. I mean, we're, we're talking the first jujitsu gym I stepped into when I, I, I started doing jujitsu leg locks were completely taboo. You were the dirtiest player in the game. If you ever grabbed a hold of one and uh, yeah, you, you would be branded just a complete, you know, utter piece of trash. If you, if you went for a leg lock and now here we are full circle, everybody's using them. Everybody's trying to, to, you know, implement them in their game and, yeah, so, you know, the, the sport's always evolving. One fighter that we just saw fight who came off a three-year layoff was Henry Cejudo. Now, if you look at his content, the way he breaks down fights and analyzes them, he breaks them into different categories and tries to work out each part because he, he said the importance of knowing each martial art and being a specialist in each one and then using that to build into one complete game. So I believe he did some Golden Gloves mm -hmm. event uh, and just to only run his boxing, and we know he got his gold medal in wrestling. So he he wants to analyze each person's attribute before he um, fights them. How do you analyze your opponents? Honestly, not far um, off of that. You know, um, I had you know obviously I didn't win a gold medal in the Olympics, but I, I started out wrestling. I did three. I you know I did um, three years just specifically on in Muay Thai. You know, I'm just just to focus on my striking. And then um, in between uh, wrestling and Muay Thai, I did a couple of years of just solid jujitsu. So, um, you know, I, I kind of like to analyze, you know, very similar to that, you know, I like to look for tendencies. I like to, to um, really identify where they want to get to my opponents like to get to and, you know, overall where they're successful. And then, 
I also like to identify some spots that I, I, I see some, um, you know, deficiencies where they're, you know, more or less vulnerable. But, you know, that window of opportunity can be very minute depending on which fight you're watching, you know. I believe John Jones looks at rhythms. So what, where, where in the cage they're throwing their strikes and what combination where after they finish their combination where their head dips and stuff like that have you ever looked at that i, th- I know that's so minute and very hard to do in the moment but he's the greatest yeah. of all time so i mean that's definitely hard to focus in on but now you know i didn't even know that that's a that's a little insight to how the go to the game you know breaks his stuff down i'll definitely have to try to use that a little bit that's going to be uh, more tape for you on top of all the tape That's you're already right. watching. More homework, man. Give it to me. How important do you think nutrition and diet is and how is your diet going right now? Because I know a lot of fighters like Jorge Masvidal, um, they get fat. They they love their yeah. pizza straight after their fights. So do you do that? Do you binge? <laughs> um, yeah, diet and nutrition are huge. And I, I, for one, do love my food. But over the years and just maturing and stuff, I find it much more satisfying now to eat a home-cooked meal than I do to run out and get a big burger or a, piece of pi- a slice of pizza. Um, so I definitely feel very lucky in that aspect that my, my taste buds have changed a little bit, you know. I'm much more of a, a food snob, I, I guess you need to say, you know, again, if you're not, you know, if you're binge eating, you know, outside of camp and then you get in the camp and, you know, you have some lackadaisical moments and then you're in a calorie deficit when you're trying to go in and, and put in actual work. And I'm a firm believer that your weight, your fight camp isn't a, shouldn't be about the weight cut. You know, your fight camp needs to be about, uh, training and drilling and putting all the things into your camp to help you in for success in the cage, you know, and if you're calorie deficit in training camp, you're not going to be able to do that. It's going to be, it's going to be mediocre at best. So, um, you know, I really pride myself on staying on a a good diet, which is going to allow me to eat like 3000, you know, three, 3,200 calories and, and, you know, food and be uh, feeling good going into my practice, feeling strong. And, uh, I, I guess the word, the, the phrase I use now is I'm not calorie deficit. I'm more on a calorie maintenance stage where, you know, I'm just not eating a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's or, um, you know, going for that double cheeseburger with the fries and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sticking to eating healthy and, and I still can have burgers. I mean, and fries. I've had, I just had that this last week. So, you know, um, and still watching my weight just gradually get to the spot I need it to be, to where I can make my my descent essentially on fight week. Cool. Someone that doesn't do that that you mentioned was Paddy Pimblett. He balloons in the off season. Uh, will we ever see you uh, look huge like that and go to heavyweight? Well, at one this point? Uh, this last camp or in between these la- this last fight, you know, is the biggest I've ever been. I got up to uh, like two twelve, two ten. That's like one hundred ninety ninety five kg, something so. like that. I'm not good with my my, my kgs, yep. but yeah. Um, so it's the heaviest I've ever been, but I, you know, also trying to, to work on my strength and, um, my strength training, you know, trying to get stronger. I, I was told at the PI that I was lacking in that department the first time I went out there. Granted, I haven't been back, so I'm, I definitely want to get back out there and do the testing again and see what my improvements have been. But, um, so yeah, you know, that's the big, the heaviest I've ever been, but I was also taking, it was, it was requiring me to eat a crazy amount of calories, you know, something that 
you know, I was having to force myself to essentially eat, you know, and eating healthy still, but uh, I've had to force myself on that third or I'm third, like fourth or fifth meal a day, you know, so definitely think my natural uh, walk around weight, um, it's just like 195 is, is definitely, you know, suited for me to make 170. With all the wisdom that you've accrued in your MMA experience so far, what piece of advice can you give to upcoming fighters that might be watching as into how to get into MMA and how to be successful at the highest level? Yeah, for sure. Um, There's a bunch of answers to that question Um, from mentality and emotions to training, you know, and training, you know, it's not, it's not who goes in there and is able to spar every day or who's winning sparring rounds in practice, you know, Um, it's not even about getting hard, intense rounds, you know, of live work. It's got to have that Mamba mentality. You got to know what the basics are um, or what your go-to basics are. And you got to get in the gym and you got to rep those. And, uh, you know, repetition in your footwork, repetition in your punch combinations, you know, um, I think that really comes down and, and is huge for young fighters to find that confidence in what they like to do early on, you know, uh, make sure you're not doing any negative things like dropping your hands or um, breaking your base. Um, so those are some simple things there. And then mentally and emotionally just know you know we are in a sport that there's a winner and there's a loser sometimes there's draws it's not it doesn't happen a lot but there's a winner and there's a loser and there's always gonna be those two things and you need to switch your mentality from oh you know i win or i lose to you either win or you learn you know um and i i just you know, i just had an amateur fighter a couple of weeks ago go into a fight and you know he was unfortunate to come out with the l but um, we went back and everybody's going to feel bad. That's a part of actually getting better. You know, when he's feeling down and out about it and you ask him, well, what, what are two things right here, right now that you could have changed that would have changed the outcome of the decision? And, you know, lo and behold, it was a, a nice jab and a, and a good round kick might've, you know, if I just did those two things more instead of letting them get in on me, then I think I would have been more successful. You know, and it's taking that approach, you know, try to take the emotion out of it. You know, you're going to have to have a little bit, let it hit, you know, that, that negative emotion is going to help you learn and then start processing what you could have done to change it. One person that actually lost their first amateur MMA fight was uh, Israel Adesanya before going on his whatever 25 unbeaten streak. So there you have it. You spoke about those mental reps. In your training, what do you think is your favorite exercise or favorite workout, uh, part of your workout that you feel most comfortable or where you're actually enjoying it? I've definitely fallen in love with uh, with my shadow boxing here recently and just the visualization of that. And, um, you know, it's not always freestyle shadow boxing either. And I like to do it with purpose, give myself things that I need to accomplish in that. And, uh, you know, it's very low um, risk of any kind of injury. It's very low impact. Um, but you can also just ramp it up and make it as, you know, as, as tiring as, as you want to make it, you know, really test your ability to, um, your heart rate, essentially, you know, to um, increase that heart rate by pushing yourself and see where, how fast you can recover you know, just little thing like that. Realistically, that has also parlayed into kind of what we call um, like a 
designate a winner round, which is more like a flow round. I did it a lot in college, like flow wrestling in college, and um, we've just kind of parlayed that into you know, off of the footwork and stuff and having this purpose of, okay, now we're going to do a designated win around. You have these key things you need to go in and achieve. And, uh, you know, so this person is not going to necessarily allow you to do that right away. So you have to actually work your way through the position, but always be looking for those opportunities. We're going to do the rapid fire championship round questions. Are you ready? I hope so. We'll see. Who's the ugliest fight in the UFC? Oh, shit. Uh, myself. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't say that. Man, How dare okay. you? Dang, I don't like taking shots like uh, this. Uh, Colby Covington. He's a, he's an Oregon native. We'll have to go with him. Cool. Who's your favorite fighter of all oh, time? Oh shoot, GSP. Who's the most boring fighter? Maybe Bilal oh, Muhammad. Oh man, I, nah, Bilal's not bad. Bilal's not bad. Uh, I mean, shoot, people said GSP had a boring style. He's one of my favorite fighters. So Because he might have had a boring fight style, but because everybody loved his personality, we didn't really right, care too right, much. Right, 100%. Um, Who's the best pure boxer in MMA history? You know, I want to say Max Holloway, but, you know, we watched um, Dustin Poirier kind of put it on him a little bit, but I'm going to stick with Max. Who do you want to knock out? Hmm. Pretty much whoever signs the contract. <laughs> Why should the fans at home watch your fights? I don't feel like I'm capable of a boring fight. I feel like um, that Adam Fugit moment in there that makes you want to tune in and watch me next time. Do you believe in luck? You know, I don't, but if, uh, you know, I I don't believe in luck, but, you know, if somebody's going to call a strike or a combination or an outcome to a fight lucky, then uh, I'm definitely going to be on that list. I've had a couple of those moments, you know, that I guess you could call lucky. What's your favorite fruit? Ooh, uh, it's a toss-up between blueberries or strawberries. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much, Adam, for coming on the show. Do you want to plug anything before yeah, we finish? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm just going to shout out my my gym, um, Art of War MMA, my head coach, Jason Georgiana, uh, assistant coach, Chris San Jose, Muay Thai coach, Cobb Tongsai. Um, shout out to Evan Dunham, who's been uh, helping me with this camp. Uh, my buddy Jake Ramsey, who's also been helping. Uh, Pound for Pound Nutrition, um, who's been running my uh, weight cut or my, my calorie maintenance, um, strength and conditioning through Convergence and Tyler Tanaka. That couldn't be you know happier with with where I'm fe- how I'm feeling and where I'm at as far as strength and conditioning. It's you know it's awesome to feel this good. And um, yeah, man, um, shout out to my friends and my family that put up with, uh, you know, the, the fight camp and the, the, the tasks or the stuff that comes along with it. Good to have you on the show. Follow Adam Fugit on Instagram, link in the description and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. Bye guys.